Killing is his business and business is good. But is it really? He's a deadly samurai assassin in a time of revolution, for now. Today we're reviewing Rurouni Kenshin, Trust and Betrayal, aka Samurai X. Hey everyone, welcome to Aging Otakus, the uh, retro anime podcast. Uh, I'm Jorge and I'm here with uh, my partner Eric. And uh, Eric, how are you doing today? I'm good, dude. How are you? Not not bad. Feeling feeling this Vegas heat. It's like the Super Mario Brothers 3 son is like smashing into us and being kind of a jerk. Dude, I'm, I'm right there with you. Like my house, I told you earlier, my house is like 80 degrees right now with my AC just blaring. So it's it's not not good. Not good at all. I haven't opened a curtain in like a week, dude. It's just not yeah. not worth the sunlight. Yeah, I bought I bought blackout curtains for my entire like back of the house just because that's the 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 western facing side of the house. Oh, and it just it's it's just a giant hot plate attached to my to my house. It's it's insane. Yeah, I'm all about that Morlock life. Just yeah, you know, tra- transition to to living in the dark. You should live Maybe in my sewers. vision will get better. Yes. Yeah. I'm down. I mean, people do that in Las Vegas, though. You know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of the so dark secrets like, of Vegas. Is that? It was an interesting series of articles. I think there's like a book or two that yeah that came out uh, a couple of years ago about about that whole thing. And yeah, no, it's thing people don't know. Yeah. It's like a few miles from their from their uh, vacation. Yeah, totally. Yeah, if, if listeners don't know, yeah, in Las Vegas, there's a um, there's a whole underground subset of people that live like under under vegas like in like our sewer systems because homelessness is a huge problem here and because las vegas is a valley um one of the sad facts about the that issue is that vegas floods very easily and so like every year once like flood season kind of happens like there are just people stuck underground in these sewers that flood so it's one of those things that people have to kind of understand that you know there are a lot of dead people under Vegas, which is dark and not great. But you know, as long as uh, as long as homeless people are out of sight, I don't think the lawmakers of Vegas really care. So, yeah, they'd they'd rather build stadiums. They'd rather build stadiums. Uh, the Oakland A's might be coming to Vegas. Do you hear about that? Yeah, yeah. Another. We're just we're just stealing all of their teams. All of the Bay Area, all of the Bay Area hates Las <laughs> Vegas right now, probably. Doesn't change the fact that I'll be That's going what? to Nickel Beer Night in a in a couple of years to go see the A's play. <laughs> That's why they're buying all our houses. Oh yeah, probably. They, they hate us. They don't want us to afford houses. Yeah. Uh, but other than uh, you know this the sad uh, underground myth or facts about Las Vegas, what have you been up to this week, Jorge? Um, so I I've actually been listening to this uh, this new album released by Perturbator, this uh, like synthwave artist. You Perturbator. Might- Perturbator, yeah. Okay, I thought I saw that in the notes. I was like, "Is this some weird hentai that Jorge found and wants to share with everybody?" This, uh, uh, yeah, no, it, it just it just sounds like one. It just it just makes me uh, uh, feel filthy when people look at my listening history. Uh, yeah. No, yeah, he, he's like a he's like a French like synthwave artist. Comes from like more of a metal background and moved on to to more of a like electronic synth sort of sound. Um, he was on the soundtrack for Hotline Miami, oh, along hell yeah. with like a bunch of others. Uh-huh. So if you've played that, you kind of know what what to expect. But this is just like a lot more like darker and like gothy and and like it's it's really cool. It's really moody. I've been I've been putting it on my work playlist uh-huh. lately. So 
highly recommend if any of that sounds fun to you. Even the album art just it just looks like this like creepy cathedral of course looking yeah. thing. Um, so very uh, very very good stuff. Very good stuff. Good good some good driving music. Okay, on there I'd be into that. Yeah, no, I liked. Sure. I I never played Hotline Miami. My old roommate used to be like obsessed with that, and so he I would you know we'd be in the living room. I'd watch him play it, and I'm like this fucking. Uh, the soundtrack slaps. So oh, it's so yeah. good. I, th- I think I think everyone that touched that game had a a phase where it was like all they thought yeah. or talked about easily. It was just it's just one of those it's just one of those things. Yeah, I'll definitely check that out. Yeah, no, I like that music a lot. And it, it actually, it, uh, I know that you and I we talked a little bit on Twitter about uh, Molchat Doma. Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, Molchat TikTok. Yeah, Molchat Doma is like a a TikTok famous band i guess um but they they have a because they're kind of getting more distinction in the u.s because of tiktok they have a collaborative playlist with spotify called uh molchat doma's guide to eastern european dark wave and it's it's this playlist fucking kicks ass so i'll I'll send you this right now actually because if you like dark wave like you know uh, Cold Cave bands like that, like it's very, very much in that wheelhouse. I'm in, I'm into all the words in that sentence. Yeah, yeah. No, here I'll send it to you right now. But yeah, is that is that kind of what you've been getting into this week? Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's been uh, I've been I've been definitely uh, that's been on repeat uh, for a fair bit. And then um, now, did you did you see um, this was a couple of days ago? Did you see that those Nike anime sneakers that? Um, that were announced. I, I saw the Kotaku article you sent, um, but I didn't actually look at the. I think I only Ta- saw like a pink pair. There was like a pink pair Take that a- looked. They were like Jordan One low tops, I think. Okay, so that 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 is a yes. That is a different. There's a different. Uh, it's like a, there's a few, and that's like the second one, which I actually kind of do like them. Unfortunately, they are a little more subtle. Uh-huh. Um, but if you uh, that link right now, I don't, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, if you can, okay. If you These are very see, loud. Yeah, yeah. There's a very, it's a very loud. Um, Holy shit! Very loud pair. Very, very loud. Very generic uh, anime trope. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna thing. say like these look like. Do you remember in the late '90s, early 2000s when companies like Soap, like Soap skate shoes, and like, uh, yeah, uh, I guess like hookups also would like. It's just generic anime. Like this is this yeah. is what we think anime is. That's what these these Air Force Ones look like. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely um, a very like late nineties, um, cool. You know, like trying to be cool skate brand sort of right. uh, uh, anime. Like like at home on the bottom of a skateboard. And I mean, I, I mean that I mean that in a I mean kind of neutral way because uh-huh. I loved I loved all that stuff growing up. Yeah. Um, yeah, the the thing I think is neat about the the pair, and we'll we'll link to this stuff. Um, but the um, the the first pair in question is apparently the um, all the craziness on the outside detaches, like like if it was like oh like armor velcro, or, or yeah, something. and then you get a much more basic like black sneaker underneath. Um, Interesting. It's like That's detaching its armor or something. I... I kind of like the way that I see. I like the way I I love like Air Force Ones and like I kind of grew up as like a, I was like sort of a, uh, I guess, 
it, well, when you and I were younger, uh, they were guys who would wear like the the tall tees and like FUBU jerseys and stuff. I was kind of a yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of persuasion. And um, yeah, dude, I love Air Force One. So like these, honestly, without the all that ugly gaudy stuff, like if it's just like a black solid pair of Air Force Ones with like hook and loop material, like that looks really sick. I like that a lot. But um, yeah, the yeah. the the actual pair actually looks pretty. Like the beneath all the crazy multicolor anime mm-hmm. generic anime stuff, like looks pretty cool. But then you know, it kind of loses its animeness. Yeah, of course, it's just just a black pair of yeah like and further down in the article that's this is the pair that i've saw i've seen before and these look great like they're it's like a pink and white colorway but the the bottom has the the sort of translucent outsole material which i love and then underneath is like an overlay or an underlay of like manga panels yeah that one's that one's cool it reminds it reminds me of those um do you remember those chucks that had like a clear outsole with the um and it would have like the star logo underneath yeah, yeah. and stuff like th- those those were around for like a while like it kind of kind of reminds me of that but yeah like with the with the anime um with the manga like influence on the yeah inside. i love the subtlety of that it's just it's not overtly throwing these shoes in your face and saying hey like i i like anime yeah that 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 first that first pair looks like one of those like uh i don't know it's like the little like intro on on your like Funimation anime oh, yeah. DVD that's yeah, <laughs> advertising sure. all the other stuff they uh God, the Funimation app sucks, dude. I hate that app. <laughs> but um now you can have it in shoe farm. Yeah, yeah, right. It it definitely does look like that though. You're that's exactly a very big good Funimation point. energy. Yeah, big Funimation energy. What I've been getting into is um Jorge, there was a um there was a small fad in the uh the early well throughout the 90s, I think in general of it's a sport called uh inline skating have you ever heard of it uh yeah i was i was kind of uh you know half-assed at it but you know i i i (laughs) just bought a pair of inline skates it's i i so my buddy derek who you know um he's having a birthday like where he wants to do like he rents out like a roller rink to do roller hockey and so I was like, well, I'm not going to go there and be look like I'm not going to be made a fool of. So I bought a pair <laughs> to kind of like train with and also just because I don't like running. And so when I want to do cardio, like I think I want to do. Do you know about the phenomenon known as uh, hockey asses? Yes. Oh, I am. Yeah. Familiar with the hockey. ass. Uh, you know, Vegas, is, you know, Vegas is the the biggest hockey town in the world. Uh, that's not true, but. Yeah, and so... Sorry, Madison Square Garden. Yeah, move over, Canada. <laughs> it's hockey night in Las Vegas. Um, so yeah, I want a hockey ass, and if I'm going to do that, I'm going to have to rollerblade like I'm playing hockey all the time. So I bought a pair of those, and I've just been kind of watching like YouTube videos on like, you know, how to not fall and, you know, fuck yourself up on a pair of rollerblades. <laughs> Um, so that's kind of what I've been getting into. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of imagining a situation where like everybody else, you know, just has their like skates just to have a good time. They're just kind of like, Oh, I'm going messing I'm around. All in, dude. And then, yeah. <laughs> and you're just like ruining everyone oh, else's good time 100%. with like, hundred <laughs> percent. That's exactly why I did it. That's I'm like, I'm, I'm going to go in with like a, a custom Jersey made just for the occasion. I'm going to wear final pads. score yeah. 78 to two. Yeah. I'm going to be checking people like who are just rolling around having fun. It's going to be, it's going to be a, a bloodbath. 
Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. That's good. I, I, where did you, what did you get your, did you get like, did you get them vintage? Are they still, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming they still make them. I just. Oh no. Yeah. 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 I just got them from like a, a sporting goods store in Vegas. Cause it's like, I, I, I did look at getting an older pair just to, you know, save money, but I've mm. seen people where they're like, yeah, you could do that, but also it could just fall apart. And while you're going downhill, you don't want to be experiencing yeah. your skates fall apart while you're going 20 miles an hour. You know, so I was like, I'll yeah. just spend a hundred bucks and get a pair. So and the materials are probably better and ge- lighter and better in general now. Exactly, yeah. So I was just yeah. like, I'll just you know, I'll bite the bullet here, and especially if I want to kind of keep doing it as like cardio, then you know, might as well invest in That's yourself. Awesome. You know, but yeah, other than that, I mean, nothing really in terms of like media. Um, obviously, as we are an anime podcast, we uh, we are kind of akin to to know the the news of the anime industry and uh, the manga industry also. So, you know, I've been, obviously I'm a big Berserk fan. So like Kentaro Miura died uh, a few weeks ago. So a big, uh, a big ups to him. Um, You know, dude was a fucking legend and, you know, influenced literally like if you've ever seen a, an anime with a, a, a pretty boy with a sword, it's, it's influenced by Berserk. And I mean, things like Final Fantasy seven would not look like they are, if not for yeah. Berserk. So, you know, it's a huge loss to the to the anime community and the, the manga community as a whole. Like, dude was a fucking titan. And it, it fucking sucks because it's literally like I have a bunch of friends who are into like dark fantasy, but they are not into anime. And I was like, you know, if you if you like dark fantasy, like, you know, obviously like George R. R. Martin or, you know, uh, the blade itself, those kind of books like it's like berserk is pretty much that it's it's high dark fantasy and you know it it just berserk kind of like elevated the the art form in itself just by existing so you know it sucks i'm really i'm really not feeling great about it but you know whatever uh mura and his uh his team decide to do whether or not they want to finish it or not like you know if don't let that stop you if you're like gonna read berserk because you're like oh well there's no ending now like i shouldn't even bother like berserk is a masterpiece in itself like it should be read even if it's never finished so yeah there's there's too much um we put too much weight on endings i think for yeah they could suck and then then you're just like fucked like all the people who named their kids daenerys like (laughs) you know because of the hbo show yeah no i i never berserk has always been on my list of like, oh, that'll be like one of the next things I read or watch. And, uh, and I've unfortunately haven't gotten around to it. And now, you know, now I, I feel like I have to, like, yeah. I, uh, more so, but, um, I, yeah, definitely, you know, to your point, like his influence on not just, you know, in Japanese pop culture, but in, in fantasy literature mm-hmm. around the world has, is. Yeah. It's like, felt I, like, yeah. Who, who else? Who else? Yeah, like, can we other, other than other than you know, like Tolkien or like, yeah, it, you know, yeah, it's not going way back. You know, going to like World War Two, basically, like yeah. Dungeons and Dragons, going to the eighties, like, yeah. I mean, I definitely would. I'd throw it up there with like a, a universe that that is that is that deep is definitely up there with like things like you know Dark Tower series, Tolkien. Martin things of that yeah it's definitely like a fleshed out universe and it's it's weird because like Berserk is also kind of funny at times too but it's like it's for the most part it's very grimdark but um 
Yeah, man, it's it's definitely one of those things where it's like you kind of have to you should read it if you're a fan of the genre at all, like just because of the impact that it's had on, you know, its contemporaries. So, yeah, we'll we'll have to we'll have to touch on it in the future on some, you know, some berserk work uh, of some sort. I mean, I I remember we could probably do those the 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 Golden Age trilogy that that came out in 2012. That's it's a good that's a good starting point for sure. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember. I remember it was maybe early. Well, yeah, it had to have been early two thousands. There, uh, it was a Dreamcast game, sort of the Berserk. Before I, I yeah, have that game, it, yeah, it's great. It's yeah. not well. The game is not great, but right. You know. But it was like bef- before it even had much of like a foothold. Uh, it didn't have any. Yeah, here, yeah, it was like oh, there's like this this game. It's like a big deal. It's it's this like property from Japan. Jesus. Yeah, no, no, it's um, I think. When it came out, like Dark Horse had maybe just started bringing the the manga to the U.S. Oh. and you know it's, it kind of sucks because sort of the Berserk is not a good game, but you know it's kind of responsible for being like the first piece of media that America kind of got of Berserk. So I feel like no no anime game on the Dreamcast was like the best work. <laughs> I mean, I not was there a good anime game? For, there has to be like. Like like not not none in the West that I can think of. I mean Gundam. Yeah. Side story was not good. Sort of the Berserk. Maybe I, I never played Lotus War, but I do remember that was a a thing and a future review of ours. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I maybe that maybe that was decent. Well, well, maybe when we do our research on on that episode, we'll find yeah. out if it was uh, worth playing or not. Now, would um, would you consider an anime game just be anything that's kind of got anime influence? Because if that's the case, then you know you got games like Power Stone. And like, yeah, you know, but that, but the, but then that's almost any Ooh, the, Japanese developed game. The JoJo uh, fighting game that Capcom made—that's a good touche. Yeah, yeah, that game kicks the ass. Source of our beloved uh, Zawarudo. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, meme. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, no. yeah, it sucks. Uh, to to end this off, yeah, that sucks that he died. The Dreamcast kicks ass, and. Anime games are very hit and miss. They're a land of contrast. Yeah. Very deep and they're like, they've got layers. They're like onions. All right. So today we're going to be looking at the first of the first two of four episodes of Ruroni Kenshin Trust and Betrayal, um, which was adapted or, you know, it was, it was renamed here in, uh, in much of the West to Samurai X. Um, which is the title I knew it as for a while. I, I'm assuming you did as well because oh, yeah. it, it had a pretty big media um, buy of some sort. I remember seeing that all over the place. Uh-huh. Um, and so, like, as for a little bit of background on um, on the uh, franchise, uh, so like Veroni Kenshin, the the manga started its first arc in 1994. It was written by Nobuhiro Watsuki, written and, and drawn by him. And we're just gonna we're just gonna sidebar here and I'd say that this guy sucks. Um, yeah. As a as a human being, um, we're, we're we're kind of forcing a little bit of the like art versus the artist yeah. separation. I mean, with a situation like us. this, I think we have to we have to address the elephant in the room like right away. We have to yeah we have to draw our lines and and address the um, the elephant in the room. But um, so. For a little bit of background on on what his deal is, so he was you know he was known best known for for Ernie Kenshin. Uh, also mentored a lot of um, other manga artists, um, 
apparently was a big influence on like uh, on. I'm blanking on the name right now, but the creator of One Piece. Um, oh, Oda? What's his friend. name? Something Oda, I think. Oh, Oda, yeah. yeah. That sounds that sounds right. Um, in 2017, I want to say, he had a pretty major fall from grace, um, essentially getting charged with possession of child pornography. And A lot of it. The, the system being what it is and whatnot, he was basically he's fined and it's kind of a slap on the wrist for someone of his stature and means i'm sure dude it was like eighteen hundred dollars that's what the fine was for having like a ton of child porn it was yeah yeah and so he um so he was he was fined this um arguably it was an even bigger punishment or a bigger i don't know it was a bigger thing that his uh the work that he was doing on the on the series was delayed for a time mm-hmm. in uh, in Japan, and it was actually outright canceled uh, in the West. Last I, you know, the most recent news that I saw, they never finished translating this particular arc, uh, Viz Media. Mm-hmm. But you know, even then, we just had to put that out there. The this this is a really big, influential, formative art, but the artist um you know it's got to be got to be put out there that the artist is not a um a good or decent human being which yeah so which is why yeah you don't don't really don't go out and buy Roroni kenshin dvds i don't think or put money in that pocket don't put money in in his pocket put it in some the pocket of some sleazy russian website or oh that's something yes yeah that's streaming it you know yeah but um yeah, so just you know, with full putting full awareness out there of um, of this situation, and so the uh, the the Kenshin manga series, it, the original ran from uh, ninety four through ninety nine, uh, but it had the original, and then the the there were follow ups and and you know different sequels and stories that were serialized on and off through two thousand seventeen, which was around the time of his uh, of his charges. Um, there was an anime movie adaptation in 97, followed by this OVA in 99, and two other OVA series that followed up on other uh, the other series that he was writing throughout the years. And then it was actually followed up by um, two... Oh, I'm sorry. It was actually followed up by five live-action movies. Five? Five, five separate live-action movies. Jesus. One... One of which came out this April, and the other actually just came out this week in uh, in Japan. So, oh, wow. and and the first the first three of those were actually released here in North America by um, Funimation. Interesting. So, I think I I knew that there was one because like a few years ago, but I never I've never seen it because I kind of steer away from live action adaptation of animes. But yeah, that's for something doesn't hit for me usually with them. Yeah. Um. But uh. Yeah, so yeah, interesting. You know, I I I remember the first one was just called Rironi Kenshin, and then the others I must have maybe they weren't like as big of a deal or got as much fanfare because I I did not hear about them yeah. until uh, researching this episode. Um, and then of course um, there was the TV adaptation uh, Rironi Kenshin. It was also known as Samurai X in some markets, including ours, I think, mm-hmm. at, at first, and then I think it got picked up again as Rurouni Kenshin. Yeah, I don't think it was ever and, called Rurouni Kenshin until the anime series came out from from a what's it called? Uh, Adult Swim or not Adult Swim. 
Uh, Toonami, yeah. Toonami, yeah. Yeah, and that was uh, that was a '96 release. Um, so to which this OVA is kind of, it's a prequel, but it's not real. Like it's it's not intended to be within the same continuity because it's like a separate adaptation of the events before the TV show. Yeah. So it almost, you know, it's so it, there's such a stark contrast that it almost feels like like different universe. It's like same characters, yes. different universe. Yes. Yeah. It's. I don't think anyone's going to jump down your throat if you call it a prequel, but yeah, it is such a different style and tone, and it not just because this is a different point in in Kenshin's life, but um, it's night and day. It's it's so different. Yeah. It's so different. Um, and so before we get to the these uh, these episodes, uh, Eric, did you uh, did you ever watch this OVA before or any other Kenshin? Yes. So. Um... This is the first actual like exposure I'd ever gotten to Roroni Kenshin. I I'll, I'll admit I am not a uh, a Roroni Kenshin fan in terms of the the original TV series. I never really got into it. It didn't really it didn't really kind of like you know fire off any cylinders for me. But when I was in high school, uh, I would pirate Samurai X because I I would always get like I, I'd always see the Samurai X DVDs. But, you know, being a, a young teen, you don't really want to pay, you know, 50 bucks for a DVD. Um, so I would download the episodes off of Kazaa, and that would take days. Um, but yeah, that was the, my first exposure was Samurai X, and I remember just being like, this is the greatest anime I've ever seen. Because it, it, you know, I, I watched a lot of anime during that time period, but... It was always like, you know, TV edits or if it was an OVA that I rented, it was always like, you know, it was just like the mainstays like Ghost in the Shell, Fatal Fury, things like that. Um, and this, I think, just really kind of scratched like an itch for me because I was like, oh, man, it's like sam- real cool samurais and it's very bloody and it's very dark. Um, yeah, I remember I remember loving it and thinking it was probably just like the greatest thing I'd ever seen and, you know, kind of. I think there's still merit to that because this is a very gorgeous anime. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll get into what we think about it later. But yeah, no, I, I've definitely seen this. It's something that I remember watching over and over on my computer as a kid. So um, yeah, definitely definitely familiar with the Samurai X series. What about you? Uh, so I my my first exposure was actually honestly with the, uh, Toonami Veroni Kenshin, mm-hmm. uh, TV series. I, I was definitely exposed to a lot of the advertising for Samurai X. I saw the DVDs. I mean, it's a really striking logo and, and name. Yeah. And, um, it just sounds cool, but it, I think it, it, it had the unfortunate effect of like, I heard the name, I thought it would be something like sci-fi sounding. Oh yeah. Or, De- oh yeah. I mean, anything where you put an X in the name, like, come on, especially in the nineties. Exactly. Like, well, that's why they chose it. it was, I was going to say like that title is so, was, so nineties. It was so nineties. And it was so, when I, when I saw, you know, his scar on the, um, on the art or whatever. And I'm like, that's come on. Like really kind of, yeah. Over the top. <laughs> but, uh, so I, I haven't, this is my first time seeing this, uh, this series. Mm-hmm. I did, um, I did watch, some of the of the tv show but you know much like you like it didn't really grab me it was more of like i'm not i'm not going to change the channel from toonami because mm-hmm. there's nothing <laughs> else on i'm going to watch i mean gundam wings coming on, on half an hour let me uh, yeah um or what I, I guess something else was on but i i did think it was it was really cool it was one of the f- first 
couple of shows on Toonami that kept not just like an instrumental version of the the ending music, but like outright Heart of the, Sword. Yeah, that Heart of song Sword, kicks like, ass. It's so good. That's so good. That's what TM Revolution. TM Revolution, dude. Yeah, that song kicks yeah. ass. I love that song. It's a. It it was it was yeah. That's a that's a banger. Um, that is a that is a anime playlist CDR banger from that era. Yeah. Um. So th- so that always stood out to me. I'm like, well, this is this is definitely like times are changing here. Um, they're not just putting a little like instrumental at the end yeah. or like a weird thing. Oh, so. wait, speaking of which, um, the anime. The anime show, uh, Sanosuke is a, a a guts type. He's a got that giant sword. Hey. He's got a. It looks like the Dragon Slayer. It's yeah, another influence yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, with with this um, with this OVA, you know, we're we're gonna get into it, but um, it was um, because it's about the time in Kenshin's life that's in contrast to the time of his life in the TV show, it was, it's really interesting to see this version of Kenshin because mm-hmm. he's obviously a very different person in, in when he gives up killing. Um, and so uh, this is a cool contrast for me. So, yeah, I, I definitely think you know. I, I feel like maybe part of the reason why I didn't like the, the TV show is because I had experience with this first and I was like, that is not Kenshin. He's just, you know, goofing around, and he looks like a Samurai Pizza Cats character. It's uh, um, <laughs> it was kind of slap. There's like slapstick. Oh, it's very elements. slapstick. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I never. Maybe we can go back and visit him one in a future episode. But like, I don't think I really ever gave it a chance. So, yeah, yeah, I'd be I'd be down for that. Yeah. So, uh, starting us off with this uh, this OVA, we are cut to uh, nighttime in the woods. Uh, there's a fancy man stoically drinking some sake, um, as you know men are wont to do in the feudal era. Uh, this is uh, Hiko Seijiro, who we will soon find out is the, the the guy who teaches Kenshin how to how to fight in the the Hiten Mitsurugi style. Uh, but he he starts us off with a monologue uh, about the moon peering down on the diseased world, because folks, if you if you've never seen this before. The feudal era is dark, and this is a this is a very grim, dark start of this anime. He's he's like the Rorschach of uh, <laughs> yeah. of like Tokugawa era <laughs> Japan. Yeah, he's like he's he's like yeah, you're not locked in here with me. Or wait, you are locked in here with me. I'm not locked in here with you. Yeah. I really butchered that. Um, Kyoto's afraid of me. Yeah, and I'll say no. Um. There's a young boy with his family, or we we assume is his family, and you know he's got auburn hair, so you kind of already know that that's a young a young Kenshin. It's it's very nihilistic. There's a lot of just life is not worth a lot in this world, and everyone seems to know that. It's it really it sucks. You live fast, you die young. Yeah, dude. It's so um. This this convoy of people is kind of beset upon by a bunch of, uh, I assume to be bandits or maybe warlords. And as people are just being gruesomely killed, you know, in any manner, just they're just they're not beating around the bush with the violence here. It's people getting stabbed in the throat with swords, all sorts of stuff. Um, Kenshin is defending 
the people that he's with, you know, he's a little boy, but he's, you know, holding a sword. The bandits are kind of closing in on him. His mother, or who you assume to be his mother, um, kind of grabs him and says, like, no, no, you have to live, Shinta, you must live and survive to, you know, kind of honor those who did not live. You can't give up. Um, so soon she is killed, uh, right in front of him, but before Shinta is killed himself, he is seen by Hiko, and he sort of quickly makes, it, it, he, this guy does some, like, Metal Gear Solid, or Metal Gear Rising revenge and shit to these bandits, like, you know, he's doing one, one swipe with a sword, but it cuts the dude in half, like, four times, (laughs) And um, he's rescued. He rescues Shinta. Some really good, like, sword swinging, like, trigonometry sort of stuff. Uh, But he, you know, he kind of gives some wisdom to Shinta. And he's just like, hey, you're lucky that I kind of, you know, ran into you. Um, You're welcome for your life. And, you know, he kind of like, he kind of reinforces what the woman was saying, where it's just like, you have to live. And... He kind of just like leaves Shinta. He doesn't. He doesn't kind of decide to train him at this point until he's like walking through the woods later, and he sees that Kenshin has like buried everybody, including the bandits that like killed his quote unquote family. And you find out that the the people that he was with weren't actually his family at all. They were a bunch of slavers, and they had kind of captured him to sell him into slavery later. Uh, but he did say that you know like. Even though I didn't really know him for very long, they were kind to me. You know, I wish I could kind of give them a uh, a proper burial. And then Hiko, you know, he kind of is taken aback by this sort of act of innocence, I guess. And pours his sake on uh, the gravestones of the women that were protecting Kenshin. And at this point, he decides he's going to train him and he changes his name from Shinta to Kenshin because he feels like Shinta is like a child's name and that, you know, if he's going to be the greatest swordsman, he needs a, a name kind of fitting for that title. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty strong introduction to these characters. I, I think it's pretty fast and brutal and like, yeah, I, I, um, you know, knowing, even knowing already what, like I know about Kenshin from the TV series, like this, this fills out so much. Yeah. Like, and I, I like so the way much. that they actually do that in this anime, too. It's a lot of, like, it's just be- jumping back and forth. Like, it's, yeah. you know, a lot of, like, in-media rest stuff and then, you know, figuring out, like, why these things happen. So Yeah, the, the and, you know, we'll, we'll approach these as, as we go, but, like, the flashbacks, I never feel like it's too much. Yeah, it's, no. Well, it, this it, is a very... well. Yeah, like, this is a very... I, I don't know. It's a very subdued anime. Like, there's not a lot of acting. Mm. It, it's, like... It's a lot of very. It's it. You know, it almost feels like a play because it's just like yeah. everybody is treating everything like it's the most important thing in the world, but it's all very like I don't know how to describe it. It's very like I guess subdued is the best way to describe it. It's like they are very poetic in the things they say, and then they'll just say like two or three lines, and then that's it. It, it um. Oh, I was just going to compare it kind of to like uh, Batman Begins, but with more conversations mm-hmm. than, than action sequences. Um, a, a lot of the 
flashback. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get to it as we get to it. Okay. But, uh, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a, thus far, it's a, it's a really cool, um, really good, good format. It's like um, a, it's, it's this. a, it's like a, if stoicism was a genre, which I think it is, it is very much that. It, yeah, 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 yeah. So. Yeah, it's very, yeah, very subdued. Yeah. Um, and so we, um, you know, we get we get our title uh, screen and and we jump forward to the uh, to the year eighteen sixty four, and uh, in the in the city of Kyoto we see uh, this is older man and his bodyguard and and they're obviously a uh, people of high stature in this uh, in this society and uh, they're they're discussing the the bodyguard's um, upcoming wedding and. Um, the, the bodyguard has some guilt about how, you know, things are going really well for him and he has, there's, there's good things happening in his life, but there's others in society that are suffering and he just, that just eats him up a little bit. And as they're having this discussion, they, uh, their entourage is approached by none other than Kenshin and, uh, in, in a dark alleyway. And he just like, demolishes everybody uh more more so than than in the in the earlier sequence with the slavers uh there's just lots of gushing blood this is very reminiscent of like those those like japanese uh samurai movies from like the 60s and 70s where it they really crank up the like blood for (laughs) for effect um definitely very just very visceral like even even when kenshin does a move where he where he hits hits a man in the face with his hilt like you feel it like you just yeah the action scenes are destructive yeah i i think the the action scenes here are hard to follow but not because they're bad it's sort of like they just the angles they hit you with are just very like interesting angles and they all happen very quickly and then before you know what's happening like it's already over which i think is maybe kind of done to kind of simulate like sword fighting because it's like one hit you're done yeah, yeah, it's it's very um it's very well it's very well done. It's very um uncomfortable and it's very it's very well done. So as uh as one of the the men like rushes Kenshin um like for instance he gets he just gets slashed in one in one swoop like just through the torso, through the shoulder. Um just he just barely manages to get Kenshin in the face giving him his first half of the of the trademark scar that he has Mm -hmm. and uh and as this man this uh, this man being the bodyguard as as he um as he's dying basically like he um he begs for forgiveness from from his fiance that he you know he couldn't be there and uh and he passes away and um well no kenshin drives a sword through his throat afterwards yeah oh yeah yeah. so he's basically like yeah he's basically gutted (laughs) and um but as he's yeah as he's in that process, he, uh, he he does, uh, you know, he, like, begs for forgiveness on his fiance. I like and that shot a, of, like, where it's, like, uh, he's, like, thinking about her, but you never see her actual face because it's, like, covered up by, like, her holding flowers or something. Yes, That was pretty, yes, it was it pretty did. artsy-fartsy. I liked it. It flashes to her, yeah. And which, which this will, this will continue to carry significance throughout, throughout this um and so as Kenshin walks off like he kind of there's like another you know another crew of other you know like I don't know it's like assassin support crew with the mm-hmm. the the, cl- the clan that he's a, uh, a a part of here and um they're basically there to clean up after him and um 
as he as he's washing up, he kind of reflects back on his training when he was younger. He uh, he starts thinking back to the the first principle of his of his sword fighting style, which is hiten mitsurugi, um, and it's the principle is that you, you swing your sword in the name of the people of the world to prevent the shedding of innocent blood. And that's what he truly believes he's doing by, by being an assassin. Like he's basically removing bad people from the world. And that adds up to the sum of a greater good. It's what gets him to sleep at night mm-hmm. sort of thing. Uh, I one thing I noticed with my wife, <laughs> Big, uh, big Kirk energy. Mm-hmm. Um, I one thing I kind of noticed here is like his his hair is a lot less like blindingly red than the um, promotional art for the manga or the anime oh, yeah. TV series. It's it's more of like an auburn like you're like you're saying earlier. Mm-hmm. So um, I mean, literally, it was a literally darker tone. Oh yeah, hundred percent than everything else we've we've seen. But um, but yeah, when he, when he's um, you know, he's washing up, uh, and after this, he's tasked with um, by his master Katsura. He's uh, he's just tasked with like attending this big political meeting that's happening in Kyoto, but um, he refuses because he he's an, an assassin, and he you know he just points that out. He's like, I'm good at one thing, and that's that's it. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'll I'll do that for you, but I can't do politics. I can't do you know, yeah yeah discussion. It, I can't do diplomacy. Like I, I kill, I kill real good. Yeah, um, he's just like at this point he's like I'm just a weapon and that's it. Like mm-hmm. I'm not a diplomat at all. So we're taken back uh, on another flashback of uh of Katsura when uh, when Kenshin was younger and he was still uh practicing under Hiko with uh with several other warriors. Um Katsura sees him basically at work and like takes him on as as his own uh his own, you know, servant well, slash I think this is assassin. after he left Hiko though. Because I think this is like when he's like, you know, he's like I'm going to go and figure out what to do with my sword like because he's like he's like slightly older he's not like a kid here right 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 yeah. like this this is like a like an intermediary um thing and like he um he has this in the flashback like he has this argument with hiko about um like whether killing can truly be good for the world like whether you can actually save people by doing the exact opposite to others and uh, a lot of that uh philosophical emo angst that mm. these these protagonists feel and that that he's a little bit more known for in the uh in the other series and um as we come back to the present day we we see kenshin and his wound still is bleeding like it it, it refuses to basically heal yeah it's every, it's every constantly yeah it's, it's never closing up even it like, haunts him. Yeah, it's been like, yeah, it haunts him exactly. It, it haunts him. So, which again will come to uh, significance through through this. So, and I think I think I think that's interesting that you compare this to a play because that feels like a very dramatic like play. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, these are all like motifs of just like <laughs> Shakespeare and like classic like playwriting. After that scene, we kind of we're kind of brought to like the city that Kenshin's kind of operating out of. And as like, you know, there's main people walking down like the main drag of the city that they're in. Uh, Kenshin gets a message from one of his handlers that like, Hey, you're needed tonight. Like we're gonna, we're gonna go do some killing. Um, and 
you know, afterwards, Kenshin's kind of just like drinking some sake in a little restaurant. And he gets more flashbacks of his time with Hiko because Hiko's biggest thing is that he loves sake. And, you know, he's kind of that kind of just reminds him of his old master. As he's kind of thinking about his time with his former master, he's kind of talking about like, I guess, like a sort of split that's beginning to happen between him and his master. Um, And he's just thinking about that. And then we kind of get back to the present where his handler, what I think, what does, do you know what his handler's name is? It's like Ichi something or Ichoji, something like that. But uh, it's a, it's a guy with a mustache. He's, he's got like a real kind of like smarmy, like a, like a, a Kaji from Evangelion kind of vibe about him. He's a type. He's a type. He's definitely, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he's talking, you know, kind of talking to to Kenshin about his scar, and he's like, "Hey, you know, you're getting better. You know, you're you're not even letting you know the people you kill scream anymore." And he kind of talks about his scar being haunted because he also notices that your scar that that scar is not kind of closing up and it's kind of constantly bleeding. You know, he's there to kind of give Kenshin a, a heads up about what happened on the meeting. Uh, there's a conflict between the clans in Kyoto, and you know, it might just kind of start to boil over into like a an all-out battle at that point. And we see Kenshin after he joins with that uh the clan that his now current master is asked him to kill for the first time. It's just sort of like just a straight down cut down the middle of the guy's head, and him not really kind of caring about it. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty gruesome, but like, like it's so surgical and so fast that yeah. it's almost like, you're like shit. Like, yeah. And it, you know what, it, you know what, you know what Samurai X is? It's about child soldiers. Cause that's kind of what he is. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, cause he's like, I think when he starts this as the, the Batosai, he's probably like 14. Like he's like young. Yeah. Um, so when he, he's got to be early twenties in this, in the present of this OVA, you think so? Yeah. I think he's he's probably in his early twenties, and he looks younger in this like first assassin, like significantly younger in this first assassination. Yeah, and well, that's the whole thing too. Bit. Is that like, that's one of the whole themes that we'll kind of touch on later. Is that like he still has like these this top toy that he plays with because like he's still like a kid mentally. Like he's like yeah, but you know, it's just sort of disconnecting himself from the work that he does. Um. But yeah, like the guy that he's working with on this first kill is like, hey, that's, you know, you're you're not freaking out about it. Like, that's good that you just killed this guy without remorse. And he's like, yeah, it's fine. You know, just kind of what I do. And it, it was I, I, I thought the expression he had on his face was really um, was kind of this perfect, ambiguous face of whether this is like the worst day worst experience of his life or whether he's just like a, a blank slate it's, machine like it's yeah it they 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 nailed that yeah they really nailed, like like this is one of those like mona lisa smile <laughs> not to not to speak you know like in hyperbole or anything but like it's one of those things uh-huh. where you could really interpret it in so many ways yeah and uh i think they i i just have to call that out because uh i i had to I had to rewatch that scene a couple times yeah. just because it, it really it really just felt like they they nailed that ambiguity of of what how this affected him. That's a good point. Yeah, and that that yeah, you're right. I I definitely took it as like the blank slate, but you know they even talk about it later in this that it's like 
yeah, he's sort of kind of suppressing these horrors that he's kind of exposing himself to. But uh, we also get a, a scene of Katsura and like what seems to be like his sort of number two, but like they're like helping each other get higher up. And so it's this guy that sort of like it's kind of clear that he's got tuberculosis or he's sick for something. Mm-hmm. And he's talking to Katsura, who's like the, the, the head of this clan that Kenshin is working for. And he wants Katsura to, you know, rise up but not have to worry about fighting with your sword kind of like fight diploma like with diplomacy and so that's the only condition that he kind of gives kenshin to to katsura with because at the time i believe like kenshin was still working for him as like part of his assassination squad and they kind of give kenshin to to katsura which is where he finds himself now but um katsura is talking about kenshin and you know how he's worried about how you know kenshin even though he's been working with them for a while he's not really letting the job kind of change him which they're just like, oh, that's good then, right? And it's like, no, it's not good. He's kind of bottling everything up, and then eventually it's going to devour him once it kind of, you know, he can't suppress it any longer. When it's, it's just too much. Yeah, it's too much. Um, and as we kind of see Kenshin walking home, he's attacked by uh, an assassin with a, a couple of swords and a chain. It's a really quick fight, but the guy gets Kenshin, like, tied up in this chain and Kenshin does this really cool thing where he kind of, even as the guy's kind of just jumping at him as he's tied up, he kind of grabs a, a sword and then does like a, he cuts the guy like right down the middle, like from, you know. As as he's like falling toward him. Yeah. Really he kind of just cool. drives his blade into this guy and just splits him in half. Um, and it's, it's, you know when you're playing a fighting game and it reads all the buttons you press and, uh. It, it fucking kicks your ass because you're like trying to jump in and and kick or whatever and it knows what you're doing and it's oh, just like oh yes yeah Kenshin yeah. basically did that like he just yeah you know. Kenshin's got the difficulty placed all the way up and it's just reading his inputs <laughs> um but yeah so as he kills that guy like he he just makes like blood is like falling from the sky and that's where we see Tomoe who is um this woman kind of walking home and we 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 as the viewer know that that's the the bodyguard who gave him the scars, that's his fiance. But um, he just kind of hap- she happens upon him as he's killing this guy. And she kind of covers up the blood that's splaying everywhere with her umbrella. And she's like, you've made it rain blood. Um, and then Kenshin drops his sword. And he's kind of just, we get a, a cut to black. That's the end of the, uh, the first episode of this. Yeah, it's like the first time we see him in any form of like vulnerability or displaying like, any emotion he's tied at up. all really yeah because even when he was tied up he's like yeah whatever yeah got this but yeah what do you think of episode one uh very very highly solid um yeah. i yeah I, I i i i got more out of this than in the um tv series and maybe i'm yeah. just maybe I'm just some kind of lowbrow i need things cutting other things or yeah. something but but I don't know. There's a lot of talking in this too. There's just a lot of. There's not really the, the, the action is big, but there's only like two or three moments of it. So true. Just, yeah, it's just different. It's just a different kind of. The pacing was good though, because I felt like I was like, oh, this is only twenty minutes, but they explain a lot. You know, like yeah. So yeah, yeah, I liked it. They cram they cram a lot in there. Yeah, they do. Do you want to move on to episode two? Let's do it. All right. So we open our second episode with uh, Kenshin 
just kind of recovering from this moment and he's uh he's asking himself in his in his like internal voice his internal monologue uh he's like she saw me she knows should i kill her it's kind of like it's a first moment of like doubt or panic we've seen with him as an adult i mean yeah it's also because it's like he's like his whole thing is like i want to kill i want to i have to kill people to save people but now he's mm -hmm. like oh should i just kill this innocent person who just innocently happened upon me like you know am i really a good guy at this point now and so this woman, uh, this woman approaches, uh, t- uh, Tomoe, uh, approaches and, um, we, we know, I mean, we know from the attire and the, and the look by this point, but this is the, um, fiance of the bodyguard that he, that he, uh, uh, killed earlier mm-hmm. in the beginning of the first episode. And, um, so she approaches to, to help Kenshin because she thinks that he's in need of aid and she actually just nearly collapses on him, basically. <laughs> and so, uh, Kenshin brings Tomoe to uh, an inn. And and let me let me just like backtrack here a sec. I I got, I got a little annoyed at the uh, we we saw the dub version of the or if you saw the same I saw one the dub saw, version, yeah. They keep calling her Tomo, and I'm like, I know, yeah, I caught that too. Come on, yeah, it was hey, it was 1999. You know, it was a different time, different time. To- but yeah, I caught I caught Tomo too. Yeah, so uh, so Kenshin brings Tomoe to uh, to an inn in the in the city, and at first they refuse because they're this is a respectable establishment. It's not a uh, you know it's not a whorehouse or a brothel or uh, any, anything like that uh, in, uh, available in the era, mm-hmm. and um, but the innkeeper realizes that um, this isn't what it what she assumed it was because. Tomoe smells too nice. Like she's obviously she picks up on the class yeah, a little distinction bit of, here. Yeah. And uh so she clears out a space for them to to be able to stay for the night. And um as Kenshin is uh is, so K- Kenshin takes Tomoe to to the room. They uh they they're they're able to stay. And um we 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 see this um we see this moment of just Kenshin like killing Tomoe in her sleep mm-hmm. and he just snaps out of it all of a sudden it was a nightmare um and so n- later that morning Kenshin approaches Tomoe who's uh who's just like kind of working at the end to you know just kind of work off the the uh the the debt from staying the night and um she uh she thanks Kenshin for helping her and apologizes that she was drunk that night and um which relieves Kenshin because Obviously, it means her sense of time and space and memory weren't quite 100 percent there. And yeah. she doesn't, you know, she doesn't bring up what she saw. And again, her phrasing was, you, you know, basically like, "Oh, you made the rain bleed." Like, she that's something a drunk person would say. Yeah, like she didn't, she didn't really pick up on everything. Mm-hmm. She, she was limited. Her sensory perception was very limited. And so, um, later at a meal at the inn, um. With the you know with a lot of like the other men and like the people from Kenshin's clan, he um, Kenshin gets kind of pressed on like whether he slept with Tomoe that night, and he just kind of like storms off. It's a lot of locker room in, talk happening. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of locker room talk, and uh, Kenshin ain't that kind of guy. Mm-hmm. He's um, you know he's he's a he's a he's one of those uh, he's a he's a social justice samurai, and um, he. Uh, he just kind of storms off rather than entertain that kind of uh, 
kind of filth. But he scares and, everybody in the room when he when you you know because it's obvious oh, it's, that he's like the the most skilled swordsman there. Oh, it's great! It's great. He's like he just he's he's storming up. I mean, it's obviously because he's uncomfortable, but I mean also because he's like this is this is inappropriate. Yeah. But his discomfort makes every other you know all those like powerful men in that room like wince when he stands up and storms off like it's it's great yeah and so um he uh he goes off to talk to to moe about about you know like she's going home or what and she reveals that she doesn't really have a family um they um uh, you know she she doesn't have anyone really like left so it's it's just her and um kenshin also returns like the small blade that she that she was carrying that uh that he found on her person when they were when they were spending the night um throughout this like kenshin continues kind of like defending her honor and her her reputation um among the other men in this um in this group and uh they they also grill him about like what what even happened that night like what the hell like aren't you aren't you like friggin' amazing like and this this guy got the jump on you mm-hmm. and um they they do have a little bit of intel on it though and they find that it's a ninja from a rival clan and uh which leads kenshin to the conclusion that there's probably like a traitor because there's no way that like his identity should be known there's no way that his movement should have been known this yeah is, there's a leak uh somewhere inside there's a there's a snitch and uh and that's how the the ninja got the jump on him so katsuda um says that he'll investigate the matter and and then he just kind of like makes his comment about how how like spring is ending and like that's the thing too that's why it's very like this is very play like because it's just like i'm gonna talk about a ninja that's trying to kill you but also oh the cherry blossoms are in full bloom right now <laughs> so yeah very uh just it just it just feels yeah very very play like very uh there there has to be there has to be some art that's being like mimicked or referenced here yeah, definitely. It's it's very like yeah, art for the. I don't want to say art for the sake of art, but it's very like. This is a a highbrow script, I'd say compared mm-hmm. to the anime at least. But then yeah, we're because they talked about the investigation of the you know the rival ninja clan. They are talking about Tomoe's origin because um, you know it's not often that you'd find a girl who's educated but has no real like ties anywhere. Um, so they, you know, they're kind of discussing like where she might be from, like what's, what are the, the ways that, is she a spy? Things like that. Um, Katsura gets a warning letter uh, about the rival clan and they talk about, uh, Takasugi, who is that his, his buddy who's trying to like help him rise in power. His, uh, his health is waning because, you know, as we talked about before, he looks like he's got some type of sickness, like, you know what's it called uh, uh what doc tb Tuber- tuberculosis yeah he's tuberculosis. got tuberculosis so um you know as we're we're kind of talking about uh katsura and his buddy uh we see the victim of an assassination and they're kind of like it's the it's the shinsengumi who you see so i don't know if you caught this since you haven't really watched the anime but i mean like i've watched a little bit of it so the the Shinsengumi are those guys with, that were investigating those deaths, and the uh, mm. they were wearing the, the green and white, um, I guess jackets. But uh, two of those guys are from the Roni Kenshin show. 
Uh, it's like it's the older one uh, who's got like this, the hair in his face. Uh, that's mm-hmm. uh, Hajime Saito, who is one of the. Uh, he's like he's like Kenshin's rival in the anime. Okay. And then there's uh, Okita, who's like the young kid, who is okay. Yeah, the, he's like. The, I mean, those two get a lot of prominence in this. Yeah. I thought the kid seemed familiar. Yeah, slash, those, those I two mean, are important, like, obviously, but yeah. Uh, but Okita is supposed to be like just as good as Kenshin is, so we, we kind of see it like a little bit later in the episode. But yeah, who are, they they're looking at the victims of these people that Kenshin killed. They're like, whoever this is is like a demon in human form because they're talking about how like the cuts are just right through the bone, like it's it's they're all clean, and um, it's like surgically gruesome. It's not. Yeah. It's not. It's not the kind of gruesome where you're like, oh, it's just it's just like gross and like mess. Like no, it's just it's like this. This was like efficient. Yeah, there's skill here. Um, but yeah, we see we see Kenshin washing up, and it, once again his wound is bleeding. And uh, Tomoe shows up and gives him a towel and talks about how she's like, "Yeah, I can't ever sleep unless you're here." Like, you know, kind of, you know, it, they're getting closer. Um, and she dreams of a bloody rain, kind of alluding to the night that she met Kenshin. And um. At the meeting of Kenshin's clan, they're like, they're all kind of, you know, because they've been attacked and they know that like someone's trying to kill Kenshin, they're like, well, what are we going to do? Like, you know, we need to, we need to figure out and we need to mobilize. And they're like, Kenshin's handler's like, no, we, we can't do anything until there's an order because obviously there's a, there's a, a spy here and we don't want to just give that away. And, uh, the, innkeeper that's kind of housing Tomoe and Kenshin um, she kind of mentions that Tomoe is like a flower that stands out on a cloudy day more than a sunshine day or a sunny day um, and you know that these are all kind of like alluding to you know the time she met Kenshin and you know just kind of who it, these are all just like thematic little touches which kind of you know like I said it's this is a very like artsy fartsy OVA series. So um, as Kenshin's resting, Tomoe is kind of just like trying to take a, you know, she does the whole like, I'm going to cover you up thing. Like, cause I care about you kind of. And she also kind of comes upon that little top that he has. And she's like, Oh yeah, this is just a kid. Like he's just, he's got toys. Like he's playing with toys. Um, and as she's trying to put a blanket over him, you know, his assassin, you know, his, reactions kind of pop into place and he almost kills her uh because you know he's got he's always he's always ready um and so that's like a nice little like you know a little dichotomy as she's talking about how he's just a child but instantly he almost tries to kill her because you know he's just been trained to be like this tool and so it's here that Tomoe and Kenshin kind of talk about like why don't we just like live somewhere where you know or why don't why doesn't she just live somewhere where she doesn't need to have like a knife or any kind of she hasn't she doesn't have to worry about her life being in danger and she asks him the same question sort of and he's like you know all i ever know all i ever know is holding a sword like you know she's like well you know don't you want to be like a kid and he's like you know i've been this since i was a kid like this is kind of just who i am and he's kind of accepted the fact that he's going to have a short life because he is a, an assassin. Um, and he just doesn't really even care. He hasn't really thought about the alternative 
Uh, and then he kind of just thanks Tomoe and leaves it there. So brutal. It's, it's so, very brutal. It's so sad. Yeah. Yeah, no, he, um, yeah, that, that, uh, that from, from him, like almost killing her for, for while she's trying to like comfort him mm-hmm. <laughs> basically to, to that convert to just that statement about how he's like, except that he's not going to live very long. Like that's yeah. Oof. All right. It's deep. So uh, Katsuda visits uh, Tomoe and they, uh, they discuss uh, Takasugi and how like his, uh, his consort is his, his sheath basically like he, she shields him from his inner demons and keeps him grounded and human and, and um, is there as like a support mm-hmm. uh, uh, for him? And um, Katsura asks Tomoe to basically like if if she can be this for for Kenshin. Uh, so like meanwhile the uh, the rival clan the the Shinsengumi they um, they're talking about the upcoming Gion Festival, which uh, is just like a big um, cultural event that that is in Kyoto. And um, it'll fill the city with visitors from all around and it'll make it kind of like a prime time to really like disturb the peace and ruffle some feathers and cause a little bit of like chaos so they can make their move politically. And um, Kenshin's clan gets word of this and they, um, based on this intelligence, like they decide, hey, we've got to like clear out our loved ones. We've got to clear people out of Kyoto. Like we can't, we can't. you know let them strike at us and we can't be vulnerable during this time and um however back at the back at the inn uh tomoe asked kenshin if uh if he wants to go with her to the uh to the festival so oh mm-hmm. you get a little festival and, episode and so uh as the the uh shinsengumi are planning their operation um in the you know lurking in the shadows uh, Tomoe and Kenshin go to like a like a tavern at the uh, in the in the city, and uh, they share some sake, and they're just kind of like talking, and uh, it's it's a they're both they're both being a little more like vulnerable with each other, which um, which is nice. Like he uh, she she shares how like she doesn't really drink anymore to to be able to feel like content. Like she doesn't she doesn't really enjoy drinking the same way that she used to because it it isn't a crutch anymore. She doesn't need that. She's come a long way. And they talk about how uh, it's as if Kenshin's scar has healed. Like it hasn't, it's not bleeding anymore. And um, Tomo, Tomo kind of like wonders aloud what the last thing that his victims see must be. And if, uh, and then she, she kind of like falls up on like whether you know like is his life as an assassin is that really something that's like for the better for for society or is he putting too much trust in people who have too much to gain from who lives and dies basically like is he is he trusting superiors too much and that that kind of touches back on that that previous scene where he's like he wants to leave his his master because he's like hey like we need to go and like we're both really good at sword fighting like we need to go and help these people and his master's like what are you going to do? Like, you're just going to kill people for one, the killer that you, you find to be less deplorable. Like, you know, it, in it's like kind of a, a weird little, like Luke tries to leave Dagobah scene where he's like, I need to go and stop this. And he's like, what are you going to do? You're going to just like kill for people that you don't know what they actually, you know, are, if they're actually good people or not. And they're all really kind of just warlords. So it's like, 
you know, what are you, what are you really planning on doing? And this, I feel like is just like him kind of realizing that moment. He's like, oh yeah, like I just kill people and I tell them like, I don't want to know who I'm killing or why just tell me to kill somebody and I'll do it. And it's sort of like call, it all kind of comes full circle here. And it's a big kind of like, okay, this is an angle I hadn't approached this from yet. Yeah. <laughs> and so we learned that the, uh, the, the Shinsengumi, they're planning to actually burn down Kyoto and move the, the government elsewhere in order to, to control it, you know, basically move the, um, the Shogun or the, the, um, um, to say the emperor, the, it's yeah. So there, there would be. I think there is an emperor at this point, or there. It's is it restoration? Like it might be right before that. It might be. Yeah. There's a. Um, they're gonna move the government to uh, elsewhere so they can control it and, and yeah, basically be the the big bads in charge. Um, but yeah, this is in a this is in a transitional period of 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 history, uh, late mid late 1800s. Um, and so the uh, the big uh, the big meeting that Katsura was talking about uh, earlier was uh, it gets raided by the by the Shinsengumi and a bunch of just like a bunch of like uh, I, th- I thought it was I thought it was interesting how like they're not all in the Shinsengumi garb attire so yeah. so you're seeing that there's a lot of like hired blades mm-hmm. basically like at work here um, they're a, they're a, they're a group of means mm-hmm. and so. Um, this big meeting gets raided and um and so we, we get another cool but also another like quick sort of fight uh with the with the lights out like people um yeah. some of the some of the people put out some of the candles uh one of them gets like sliced um and 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 put out and we see this like firefly like fly along one of the blades and like illuminate it yeah which is that was cool a pretty cool mm-hmm. moment so this massive battle just ensues and um Kenshin approaches uh, from, you know, he's, he's still with Tomoe and he, they, they're, um, they start heading that way. And so they're intercepted by, by several samurai, but um, he tells Tomoe to kind of like run and hide. And she's determined to stay with him as his, uh, as his sheath. And like, she's willing to like be a part of this part of his life and like actually see him yeah kill. Like she's, she's, she's willing to, to like be there and like be his support. And um, as all this chaos is happening, like Katsura also gets gets called out, and um, he he learns of this like raid that's happening, and so he he heads off. And so Kenshin and Tomoe, they um, you know having having just like freshly defeated those samurai, they uh, they hide they run off and hide, and um, however as they as they like narrowly dodge another like patrol of shinsengumi men like one of them kind of catches a whiff of her perfume which which had been mentioned earlier yeah when, numerous uh, times they're like this she smells like white plums yes yes and and it was like kind of like the like class signifier for her mm-hmm. and and all that and so um the this this guy is like you know i smell you know i smell white plum but you know this heat will be the death of them because it'll it'll expose them they're, they're gonna they're gonna literally sniff her out mm-hmm and so um, they they manage to like rendezvous with Katsura as they're as they're fleeing, and he says that they 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 better go, just like get out of Kyoto, um, live in hiding. Like you're a husband and wife now, you just they're gonna look for an assassin. They're not gonna be looking for like a happy married couple. So I've made some arrangements. Run off to the countryside. You'll be safe. Like hide who you are, hide what you are. You're 
this is your new life now, like get out. So we see Kyoto burn and um, the next day, Kenshin and Tomoe, they're, uh, they're making their way out of, they're still making their way out into the countryside in the, through the woods. And uh, they get, they get approached by a, a um, it was, it was it's like someone a flower they, seller or something. Yeah. Like so, someone they, they knew was like heading toward Kyoto and they're like, yeah, don't, yeah, don't go back there. Like, don't go to Kyoto. That's not good. And uh, as they make their way out of Kyoto, we just see her kind of like grip her blade as like a, like, oh, like, is there something more here? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's very, it's very like, like you, 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 she's kind of gripping it for comfort almost or for like security, but like, it's also like what's coming. Mm-hmm. And then that's, that's just the shot we, uh, we end on for the episode. So Jorge, what were your overall thoughts on this episode? I, you know, I, I enjoyed it the whole, the whole way through. Um, again, like I'm, I'm not always a, uh, a like historical drama person with like my anime, but, um, I, I think this kind of like nailed what I was looking for in, uh, in a, in a, in a show about a like conflicted samurai, uh, guy. So, uh, yeah. I, I enjoyed it even with the context that I already have for the, sh- the very different context that I have for, for the character in the show. I, I think I, really like this this era of him um a lot more than the what i've what i've seen of the tv series so yeah i i i yeah i like it i think it i think i would definitely uh recommend it to somebody yeah i i, I definitely think like since we both watched the dub i had never seen a dub when i first downloaded it as a kid it was always like the, the japanese version and the dub was surprised it wasn't perfect but obviously like you know it's it, for for something that was recorded in the ni- late 90s it's oh, a yeah. very good anime dub absolutely um you know and it's sort of like the the translations kind of stiff in places and the performance by the actors are kind of stiff but i think it's kind of supposed to be at times um but yeah phenomenal phenomenal anime the music's great the score is very good um absolutely I thought I thought the violence was like you know it's like really short and gruesome and bloody, yeah. um, but it it's it's almost like punctuation on the rest of the statements being made in in mm-hmm. this show um, or in this, in this OVA. Like I uh, I thought it didn't it did it wasn't like too decadent and it wasn't too like look how cool and like right. It was gratuitous, but it didn't like glorify it. It was just sort of like, right. hey, this is the reality reality of the situation. When when guys swing blades around, this is kind of what happens, right? Like we get the like gushing blood off someone's body, but it would cut away really fast. Yeah. But you'd you'd have time to digest like this is messed up. Yeah, like, this is this is not. Kenshin is wants to be a good guy, but he might not be. <laughs> circumstances of your uh, of your situation, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, obviously I think, um, since I, since I had first seen this, you know, 15 plus years ago, definitely held up. Um, I would a hundred percent recommend this to anybody who likes, if you, if you like any kind of like period anime or you just want to watch a cool samurai anime, it's, it's definitely up there as one of the best samurai anime, I think. Um, yeah, this, yeah. this would be a good contrast to uh, one of our earliest episodes in Ninja Scroll. I I would yeah. say, like in yeah. in terms of style and uh, and thesis, statements. yeah, because it's it's very it's grounded. It's like you know, obviously there's like the mythical like magic aspect of Ninja Scroll, but like 
this is all like, I mean, I think certain characters in this are actual historical characters. Are, yes. So, yeah. And, and uh, yeah. Kenshin, Kenshin is based on one of like four famous um, Japanese assassins from oh, okay. the era. Like, yeah. Like samurai. Yeah. So, yeah. From, it's from the, era, so. Yeah. There's not like grounded. huge rock monsters running around. It's, you know, poison, poison ninjas. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Would you recommend this to somebody, Jorge? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So far. So far. Yeah. yeah. Has not. Yeah. yeah. For me, this has not missed a beat. It kicks ass. And it's like, it, I, I shouldn't say it kicks ass. Cause it's like, it's not a, a high octane anime at all. It's very much just a, it's a good, it's a good drama almost. Yes. Yeah. I, I never, I never like stood up and was like, Oh yeah. snap or whatever. But I, I want to know what, I want to know what happens. I want to, I want to keep watching and yeah. I want to know how, how, where everyone ends up. Cause everybody is, is very engaging and interesting and yeah. 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 So as you know, Jorge, uh, here at aging otakus, we do a pillow rating system, um, on a scale from one to five Roroni or, Kenshin Himura uh, body pillows. What would you rate episodes one and two of Samurai X? I think this is an easy four pillows for me. Yeah. Um. I. 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 I if. If I give this, you know, I'm going to count this as like maybe like a provisional rating. And yeah. Ultimately. Yeah, we can do that at the end of the next episode. Yeah. Rate, rating so far right. uh, is uh, is four stars. There's room. There's room for this to be like truly great. But yeah. I right now I just think it's very good and um. I, uh, it, it has me engaged and that's, that's more than I can say about a lot of just anime in general, like not, not even just of the era, but mm-hmm. anime in general, sometimes you, you watch it, you're like, well, I know how this is going to end. I know right. what this is going to do. Yeah. I know, I know what this has to say. Yeah. There's and, definitely like, this doesn't follow a lot of like established like anime tropes. It's just sort of like a, a period drama that happens to be animated. And, and to its, to its credit. I know where a lot of these characters vaguely end up mm-hmm. and I still want to know how they got there. Yeah, definitely. So, I, yeah. You I, know. I mean, I've seen all of, all of this and it's, I, 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 I'm eager to see where you are at the end of the next episode where, and we'll talk about that again, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's good. Um, that being said, that's pretty much the episode for the day. Um, Jorge, uh, do you have any plugs that you want to give uh, or where can fans find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at List of Heckles. Um, and I'm usually retweeting weird Simpsons memes and wrestling shit posts and what and, and, and my my random like weird thoughts for the day. But um, yeah, go ahead and, and give me a follow. Yeah, uh, and you can find me at chambray underscore poppy. Um, I am no longer a private account, so if you want to give me a follow, uh, I will definitely let you follow me. I suppose um, you can can't find. Stop them. Yeah, you can't. You can't stop these people. Um, you can find us at Aging Otaku's, uh, both on Twitter and on Instagram. That's just at Aging Otaku's. And we're also on YouTube, which I will probably get some more episodes up on our YouTube channel uh, sometime today. And then, you know, just like kind of give us a follow. Let us know what you think of the show or what episodes you'd like us to cover in the future. And um, if you want to give us a like and subscribe on Apple iTunes, uh, we would definitely appreciate a rating. Let let us know what you think and how we can, you know, make the show better for you. Um, But until then, guys, I think that's the show. So uh, take it easy. Bye.